Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. All right, well, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Mark. I'm a big softie, so I was trying my hardest not to cry there because, you know, that's just what I do. But I'm going to welcome you guys into my world for a little bit this morning. So who's ever been to shop class? Automotive class, anybody? No? Anything? Technical school, anything like that? Okay, awesome. Well, we're going to turn this into shop class. So I got some ushers. Will you bring out our props for me? Roll them over here. And so if you don't know, I work bivocational. And so for the last about five years, I've been working as a auto mechanic. And so I specialize in a thing called alignments. And so we're going to be talking about alignments this morning. So I brought some props. So obviously we got some nice big tires here, but we are going to be discussing a little bit about alignment. So if you will bear with me, we're going to kind of give some brief description of what an alignment is and what it does. And I know who's, who's a car person. Anybody a car person in here? Okay. Got a few of them. Who has driven a car before? There we go. There we go. That's what I was looking for. So if you've driven a car before, you've been affected by your alignment at some point or another, and you probably didn't even know about it. And so one of my biggest pet peeves that I deal with on a regular basis is when I'm driving a car and that steering wheel is just a little bit off. Oh, man, I can't. I, I just can't do that. I'm just, I look at it, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's bugging me. And so what I do is I am a full-blown mechanic. I can work on motors. I can do transmission. I can do all that stuff. But what I specialize in is the alignment procedure. And so what happens is a car will come in. They'll get brand new tires, like this one here, nice brand new tires. And they will want to have their alignment checked, or they want to just check the front end and all the suspension components. And so an alignment, what it is, is it will take the suspension components and make sure that they are in the specifications. That's a big word, I know. But specifications from the manufacturer that it will actually create a better ride, better handling. And it will also prevent unwanted wear on tires. Because who has bought tires before? There we go. I like these hands. These hands are, we're going to have some participation this morning. I hope you guys understand. Because I teach a lot of you guys as kids. And I'll tell you this, if I just talk, they lose all interest. So we have to have some participation back and forth. Can we do that this morning? Okay, awesome, good, because we're going to do it anyway. So, but here's what happens, is if the car is out of alignment, it'll cause unwanted wear on tires. So I actually just did this tire the other day. And so what happened here was a guy came into the shop and he said, well, I just need to get my tires rotated. I want to get an oil change. And so as the mechanic that does all that for us is looking things over, he gets it up in the air. And I said, oh, man, I said, that's not going to fly. I said, we ain't rotating these tires. He needs new ones. And Aaron, do you got that picture for me? Because I know it's kind of hard to see on the stage, but I got the pictures up here. Obviously, you can see there's a big difference on one of those tires, correct? All right, so the tire on the left, you can see that it's, it's gone. There's no more tread on the inside of this tire. And so I had to go and approach the individual. And I said, hey, sir, so we're inspecting your vehicle. We're checking everything out for you. 
And we noticed that you have some premature wear on the inside of your tire. And he goes, no, I don't. I said, well, yeah, you do. Um, would you like to come with me? I said, come on out to the shop. And so in his mind, he sees the tire from the outside. So he see, you guys are seeing where we're going. I see this. I like this. We're all on the same page. This is great. Welcome to my world. All right. So now that we're all here, he sees the tire from the outside. From the outside. Here, hold on. Let me, let me take this over here for you guys. I know it's kind of, all right. Here we go. So we have this tire from the outside. And guess what it looks like? A tire. It looks good. But the moment you turn it to the inside, you realize that there's some unwanted wear. Premature wear, actually, matter of fact, because he still has great tread on this side. But on the inside, it's been wearing itself out. And so we had to tell him, you got some loose parts. We're going to have to spend some money. We're going to have to change out your whole lower control arms. I know those are some big terminologies that you probably heard before, but it's parts that take what's on the car and hook it to that tire. And so we had to order up some parts. And he had to end up spending a lot of money to get it back to where this is. So we're sitting there, and I'll, I'll, I'll just be honest. This message has been in my heart for months, but for the last two weeks, it has just been really stirring. And so I told Pastor Mark the other day, I called him, I said, hey, can I bring an illustration? I said, I know that's kind of a, my area. I said, but and he goes, yeah, no problem. I said, awesome, because I need a visual this morning. Because what we see, sometimes we notice just the outside. But obviously, we are a whole lot more interested on the inside than what we see on the outside. And you see, and Pastor Mark taught me this a long time ago, that we wear multiple hats. We're in multiple situations. We're constantly just doing different tasks. But one of the things that the Lord told me all the time, and one of the guys from work said, well, I guess it's time to take off that pastor hat and get to work. And I said, no, it's not. I said, that's a hat I choose to always keep on because that's what God's called me to do. I said, this is just a temporary assignment. I said, but I know that is a life calling. I said, so the pastor hat's always here. You just might not ever recognize it. I said, but just know this, at a moment's notice, you need me to pray for you. You need me to give you some insight. I'm here. And that's one of the things that the Lord really started dealing with me and showing me when I got into this work environment is that that is ministry. I might be a mechanic. I might be up underneath the car, but the Lord is still downloading stuff. The moment that I'm sitting there turning wrenches, I mean, you should have seen me this last week. I'm sitting up underneath these cars doing all these adjustments and changing things and tweaking things. And the Lord is just downloading into my spirit, man, all this message. And I had to take a break for a second, grab my phone and just start typing and just trying to download some things that he's trying to reveal to me so that way I could clearly communicate today. But you see, just how I deal with these type of situations all the time, I see this all the time. People are very unaware of what's going on under the car, if you weren't aware of that. I mean, how many of you would say in the last week you've looked up underneath your car? I got a few of you. Great job. But a lot of us, guess what we do? We hop in and we drive. And all of a sudden we're driving. And then the moment we have something go wrong, oh man, what is wrong with this thing? I don't know. Have you changed the oil in the last 20,000 miles? I mean, 
it's got to be done, but we don't think about the maintenance of these vehicles. Because guess what? We want to get in. We want it to work the way it's supposed to, but there's maintenance. There's work that has to be done. And so we are going to be, show, I'm hopefully with the help of the Holy Spirit this morning, I'm going to show you what the Lord downloaded into my spirit, man. And so when I see these vehicles, it constantly is just resonating in me, the right alignment. It's important that we're in this right alignment. So what the Lord started showing me, and we're going to get into the message this morning. Shop class is over. Just letting you all know. You guys passed the test. You all there. You participating. But here's the thing. Just like each one of these vehicles, they've been given exact specifications from the manufacturer that are different than every other vehicle. If I take my Tahoe that's sitting out in the parking lot and I go put it on the alignment rack and I'm wanting it to drive straight, I'm wanting to handle good, not wear out tires, and I go and I put in a smart car specifications, it's not going to handle itself properly because it wasn't designed to be a tiny little smart car. It was designed to be a Chevy Tahoe. And it was designed to have a different purpose, to handle more load, to handle more people. But you see, what the Lord started showing me, the first thing that he showed me is we are just like these individual cars. Number one, you cannot judge your specifications based off of somebody else's model. Because so many times we get stuck in this rut where we're saying, well, I want to be like them. God didn't make you them. He made you to be you. So now we have a, an assignment. We got to find this assignment, which is, what are my specifications, Lord? What, how did you design me? How do you want me to live this life? And so we see that God from the very beginning designed every one of us. He is the creator. In Genesis 1, 26, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. He said, that's for them. I have a purpose for each one of them. And over in Jeremiah, our first scripture today is found in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. And this is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. And he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I mean, before he was even a thought to his parents, he said, I already knew you and I knew your name. And he said, and before you were born, I set you apart. He said, I already had a design in mind for you. That the moment you came to this earth, you had an assignment and you had exact specifications from the manufacturer to do your work. But see, we run into this issue all the time where we live in a society that, well, I want to be like so-and-so. I want to be just like this person. I want to do this. I want to do this. Maybe we just stop wanting to do everything that everyone else is doing. We get with God and say, God, what did you design me to do? Because yes, I might be in a trade where I work with my hands and I fix things and I do these things, but I know my original design wasn't to do this the rest of my life. I realized that is something different. It's a calling by God to pastor. And so when I'm working, I know the end goal is, I'm not going to be doing this forever, but Lord, while I'm here, let me help those and help me fix those that are around me. Because we're always looking to make people better. And if you're not, I really encourage you today. You got to shift your thinking. Because somebody gets around you, they should leave better than when you found them. I was talking to just our kids the other day. And I said, one thing I need you guys to understand is we had a, we had a couple that we became really close with the last few months. And they got restationed in Japan. And so we knew the end goal is they are moving for four years to Japan. But 
since we're here with them, let's make sure that we leave them better than when we found them. And so we invested in them. We went and hung out with them. We had dinner with them, had them over to the house, all these things, because the end goal was that we want you to leave better than when you first showed up. Because it takes some adjusting. It takes some tweaking. But on our part, you got to know that you're special. I mean, you were literally designed by God and he knew your name before the very foundations of the earth. Before you were even a thought in your parents' brain, he said, before you were even in the womb, I knew you. So you have to first understand that God has designed me. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. It doesn't matter what junk you went through in the past. God has a purpose for you today that you got to connect into. You got to get in alignment with. And so then he goes on to Jeremiah, and this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And I was teaching the youth this last Wednesday night, and I was telling them, I said, who has a favorite verse? And I, well, we got these ones. We can spout off these ones. I said, no, no, no. We are going to find you a verse that speaks to your life. And so Jeremiah 29, 11, a lot of people have seen this. You've seen it on a bunch of pillows and all sorts of advertisement stuff. It's just one of those scriptures. But it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And so God's design for us is that we're not going to wear out. God does not want us having alignment wear issues. He said, no, my plan is good. It's a good future and it's a good hope and it's a good design. So we are now faced with this dilemma because we got so many people that have an identity crisis. They don't even know why they're here. They don't even know what they've been placed here for. And be honest with you, we could get rid of a lot of depression issues if they would just find out who they are in Christ and what God created them to be. Because when you know your identity, oh man, so this morning we're teaching the kids about, I love my Bible. And so one of the things that we're talking to them about is that God's word is like a sword. And so we have an illustration set up for them this morning that's hanging three water balloons. And so it deals with doubt, sickness, and what's the other one? Healing. Three different areas that people deal with. Well, with the doubt, it covers my identity. It's hard for me to doubt when I know who I am. Sickness God's already brought the healing. And so we have it all set up. And I told Mr. Sloan, who's, I mean, our, let me just make this plug really quick. Our children's ministry is by far one of the top ministries I've ever seen before. The people that serve are the most genuine, giving and serving people that you could ever be around. And I'll tell you this, if you're not serving in an area, you want to get plugged in. Because that's where you're getting in the most impact for the kingdom of God. Not just coming, not just hearing a great message, but getting in alignment with the original plan, which is to serve. He said, the greatest among you will be the servants. And so that is an opportunity that we get to serve. I mean, I see a lot of our children's workers in here right now. If you serve with our Nautilus team in any capacity, raise your hand for me. We got a few of them. And guess what? We are excited, but we also have an opportunity that we have more spots. We're not full. We can bring on more team members and we need you because God is wanting you to get in alignment with his plan. It might be different than your plan. I mean, you can hear Pastor Mark from his testimony. When Pastor Earl first walked over to him, he knew from a young age that he was called to be a senior pastor. 
But when Pastor Earl went over and approached him and Pastor Ashley, he said, I need you to serve with our two-year-olds. That is a large difference from adults to two-year-olds. And let me tell you, I got a two-year-old right now. We have a two-year-old right now. Dude, that little guy, I mean, he's awesome. Let me say that. He's awesome. But he is awesome at a whole nother level now where it's just like, what are you doing? Where did this come from? It's like, stop. Just sit down for a minute. Quit touching stuff. I mean, dear Lord. But guess what? He's growing. He's learning. And so if you need an area to serve, we got you in children's. Come talk to us. Come talk to Elizabeth. We got you. It'll be impactful for the generations to come. And you won't even know the impact you will make just by saying, Lord, I want to get in alignment with you. And just put your hand to the plow. Anyway, that plugs over. So let's go back to our notes. So, but here's the thing. So with this whole design in motion, I had to learn from the very beginning. I am not my parents. And so when I say this, I used to always try to think, what's my specification? What is my design? And so I didn't know. And it took me to a point where Pastor Mark was like, hey, we're going to start Kingdom Institute here in Valdosta, and you're going to be one of the first teachers. So right out the gate, I've never taught adults before. I taught kids. Let me tell you, teaching kids is so much easier than teaching you guys. Just throwing that out there. I can be goofy. I can make them laugh. And guess what? They're going to laugh about it. They're going to remember, remember everything I tell them. They're going to go home, and it's going to be awesome. You guys, it's like, what is he doing up there? Why is he doing this? It's different. It's different. Kids are way easier. But we start this Kingdom Institute. And I get in there my first class. My dad had wrote the class. I'm like, that's awesome. I've heard my dad minister my whole life. I can do it just like him. Let me tell you, that was the roughest class I've ever taught in my life. And it didn't help that Pastor Mark is in the back. First time me ministering every, anything. He's sitting in the sound booth and he pulls out this big old note paper. And it starts taking notes. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to pronounce Greek words. I'm doing all, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just sitting up there going, I'm just trying to get to the end of this class. We got, we got like 70 minutes here. Oh my gosh. And so we get done with the class. Pastor Ashley is up to teach. And Pastor Mark says, hey, come on over to the other side really quick. I'm like, oh gosh, I know it was bad. I know it was bad. And he said, don't try to be Randy Clay. He said, you're not your dad. He said, you got to find what God's told you to do and what he's called you to do and just do that. That was huge for me because growing up, I always wanted to be just like my dad. I wanted to do things just like him. I wanted to act the same way he did. I wanted to teach because I saw how it impacted people's life. But I had to realize that's not my design. That's not what I was designed to do. So I had to learn my own ways. And so this morning, I was pretty excited, and Jerry Ann had come over, and she's like, I really feel like this is going to be a powerful service. And I said, oh, it will be, because this is who I am. I'm very mechanical-minded. When I see things, it just it gets gears going. With Isaac, our little two-year-old, he's the same way. He wants to see how something works. He wants to try to break it into pieces. And then he's like, dad, that fix. Dad, that fix. And it's like, dude, you broke that. It's done. We got to go buy a new one. Just quit touching stuff, kid. I mean, seriously, but, but I see it's in the him as well, but 
You see, when we come to God, he has this whole design in place that from the very beginning, he knew you. But you see, sin entered the world in Genesis chapter three, and we know that we were out of alignment. We were separated from God. And so he had this whole plan of redemption all the way from Adam and Eve. And then we see Jesus come. And because of the price Jesus paid on the cross, he brought us back into alignment with God the Father. And so he restored that alignment, but it's still our choice. We have to make this choice constantly. And we know that when we confess Jesus as our Lord, that it brings things back into alignment. So over in Romans 10, 9 and 10, we see that this is our prayer for alignment to get things back into the right adjustment. And so it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus as Lord, everybody say as Lord. Lord. All right, we'll come back to that. But it says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness. Do you know what righteousness means? Being in right alignment with the governing authority. Is It literally puts us back into alignment with God. Because of our confession. And then it says, and with the mouth, the confession resulting in salvation. And so this is how God designed it. So that way we would come back into right alignment with him and become sons and daughters of the king. We are not slaves or just little servants. We're sons and daughters. And we have to understand that. I mean, I remember when we first moved up here, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was, I mean, for the my whole existence, I always remember him either serving on staff in certain capacities or being an associate pastor. I mean, we were always at church. I still remember we would always crawl through the pews and we would, I mean, we were everywhere. But that's because it was our second home. But I remember that we were constantly around God, but we always heard this. You have to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Well, It wasn't until I got older that I realized that Jesus really isn't coming into my heart. It's I'm confessing him as my Lord. And so this whole message today is really getting back in alignment with lordship. And so if we look over here, once we confess Jesus as Lord, then we go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to who? Christ has become a new person. The old life is what? Gone. And the new life has begun. It's just started. And so what the Lord was showing me in this, he said, man, so many people want to bring their raggedy old jalopy. They want to bring that old car and just bring it in and say, well, Lord, restore everything. I'll tell you right now, God's not interested in restoration. He's in a brand new model. And so he wants us not to come in with this mindset of, Lord, I'm bringing you all my trash. Here it is. Just just make it better. He says, no, no, no. I want to completely remove it. I want to give you a brand new model. And see, this is where we get stuck because we get in this mindset of, well, I'm just a sorry sinner saved by grace. No, you were. You were a sorry sinner that got saved by grace. But now you are a child and a citizen of heaven. And so you're a brand new model. I mean, brand spanking new. It still smells good. Um, You guys know what that means because you get in those cars and all of a sudden it has a smell. They even smell, oh man, it's so funny. I get some of these cars in there and it is the most raggedy, trashed out vehicle, but they got that new car smell. 
I'm like, nope, nope. You're not, it's not working. It is not working. But if you get rid of the trash in the back seat, that might help. You just, yeah. So, but now we've confessed Jesus as our Lord, which Lord literally means owner of property. It means that he owns everything about me. So we just bought Crystal a new car this last year. Shout out Travis Biles, where are you at? Okay, anyway. But we got her new car. Because guess what? The old car she was driving was starting to have some issues. And it was funny. I felt bad because I started thinking about this this morning. And like I said, my pet peeve is that steering wheel off. Every time I would get in Crystal's van, that steering wheel always off. I was like, man. But in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't drive it every day, so I don't have to see it. <laughs> sorry, honey. I'm sorry. It's bad of me. I know. I could have fixed it. But I was just like, hey, out of sight, out of mind. I don't have to do the work. But... You see, people do this all the time. They get that brand new model and something's just off. Driving down the road. But guess what happens? It doesn't bother me that bad. It's all right. Just leave it. You don't have to fix that. We're going to get there. I I see you guys. You you just, whoa, whoa. It, It got serious there. But see, now we embark on this journey called life. We got our brand new ride. We got our brand new tires. We got this fresh alignment. But Who's ever driven a car for a few years, right? Yeah, there we go. We got, some, we got some miles on these cars. What happens after you start driving that car on a regular basis? You get familiar with it. You learn how it drives. You, and then all of a sudden, after a little while, things start getting a little worn out, right? And all of a sudden, I get it all the time. I hear a noise. What type of noise are you hearing? It's a dunka 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 dunka, or it, or ee ee ee. I get this all the time. It's so funny. I mean, I just laugh. But it's that moment where they say something's off. I don't know what it is, but it's off. So what I do at my Monday through Friday job is I'm the alignment specialist, but I'm also the drivability guy. And so they will literally hand me keys and say, "Figure out what's going on." And so. Luckily, they don't understand what the Holy Spirit can do for a person, but I can get in a car and I can say, Holy Spirit, help me figure out what's going on. Because there's been a lot of times where they say, well, we've had it to five other shops and they can't fix it. I'm like, well, I got somebody who can. It's not me, but he can show me how to do it. Multiple times, because why? I'm connected in alignment with my source. I'm in right alignment, and so I can get into the vehicles, and I drive, and a lot of times I'll come back, and before I even get it on the rack, I'll tell them, hey, this is what's wrong with it. you got to replace it. And they just laugh. They're like, you haven't even had it in the air. I'm like, I'm just telling you. I've heard it before. That's what it is. And sure enough, we'll get it up in the air. They'll, They'll change it all out. Noise goes away. You never seen how excited people are whenever their little tunka, 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 tunka is not doing tunka, tunka, tunka anymore. Man, they come back in. It is awesome. I'm like, well... It's just, you got to find the problem. You got to find that issue. But you see, over time, we might experience some rougher roads. I mean, I used to live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Does anyone understand the reputation Tulsa, Oklahoma roads have? Thank you. I got a few people. Because guess what? I think I've, I've I mean, for my 17 years of living in Tulsa, I'm pretty sure the same roads were under construction for all 17 years. 
the moment they would fix one, all of a sudden it would, they would get to the end of it and they would have to start back at the very beginning and start all over again. Constantly just under construction. Well, it wears out things. It causes the car to get jarred and bumped and gets everything just out of whack. And so it'll cause the alignment to go off. And then we have this situation where people come in and say, well, why is my tire doing this? Well, when was the last time you had your alignment checked? Simple procedure. We just check it, tell if it's in or out. I mean, no big deal. And so a lot of times, though, guess what? We don't think about it. But you see, what the Lord was showing me is that same thing goes through our life. We get born again. We're that brand new person. Fresh new ride. It still smells good. It rides good. It drives good. You don't even have to worry about it breaking down on you. But then after you get some miles on it, you go over some rough terrain, you go through some rough seasons. And all of a sudden you get through that rough season, you start hearing a noise. You feel in some little vibrations. And a lot of times, instead of taking that moment to say, Lord, examine my heart. What, what do you see? Because David was a king. He was a warrior. He was a worshiper. But one of the things that he did in Psalms is he said, Lord, examine me. Check my heart. If you find anything in me that's not of you, let me get it out. Because what was he doing? He was checking his alignment. Lord, I want to stay in line with your word. Even when he failed, he still went back to God and said, God, how do I get back in alignment with you? Lord, I repent for what I did. What is it going to cost me? What do I need to do? And so we see that we're on this journey. And sometimes we hit some rough patches and a lot of times they don't do a checkup afterwards. See, it's, the, it's when you go through those rough seasons that you really need to get with God even more. It's important to be prepared and built up before you go into the seasons, but it's afterwards that you really got to say, Lord, I need to get closer to you. I need to make sure that I'm still in right alignment with you. But we're going to do another survey really quick. You guys ready to participate? You guys ready? So I want to know this. And by a show of hands, I want to know how long has Jesus been your Lord? And if you say, well, he's not, we'll have an opportunity to take care of that here in a minute. But if you say Jesus has been Lord for at least the last 12 months, raise your hand for me. Okay, got some good hands, good hands. And let me specify this. I was born again when I was five. I prayed the prayer of salvation, but it wasn't until I turned 16 that I really made Jesus my Lord. And I said, God, you own me. Whatever you want me to do, we'll do it. Wherever you call us to go, we will go. And that's a difference between just being born again and saying, well, one day I know that I will go to heaven. That's great. But that's just a byproduct of making him Lord. There's so much more. And I've talked to certain individuals where they say, well, hey, we're another day closer to heaven. I'm like, yeah, and we got a lot to do. And he's like, well, I mean, I just can't wait until the Lord comes and get us. I'm like, I can. I got, I got more people that I need to talk to. And so finally, I had a conversation with this gentleman. I said, man, I see multiple accounts in Scripture where people who did awesome things for God made him their Lord, not just a, a get-out-of-hell-free card. I said, so wouldn't it be really bad if that day does come 
And yeah, you made it to heaven. Great, awesome. Angels are gonna celebrate. We're all gonna be rejoicing. But you look down and the people that you were around every day weren't there. And they looked up at you and I said, and all of a sudden they realized, you knew this the whole time and you didn't tell me? I said, dude, we got work to do. I said, well, our job is alignment specialists. We getting people back in alignment with God because that's what he's called us to do. And so go back to our survey. So lordship is literally saying, God, you own everything. Every part of me is yours. And so we did 12 months, right? So what about five years? You say, I, Jesus Christ has been my Lord for at least five years. Raise your hand. Awesome. All right, what about 10 years? Okay, we're gonna jump this up quite a bit. What about 20 years? 20 years. We still got hands. What about 30 years? And then the last one, because I'm not gonna go any further. 40 years. So you see, we are all on different journeys. We've all been on different paths. But guess what? We're all still making it. I mean, for the ones, amazing. 40 plus years as Jesus as your Lord. That's huge. You know how much of an impact to God's kingdom that is? Here's the problem that we face today though, is we got people that the moment rough roads start happening, they jump ship. They get out of the car. They just say, well, I guess it's not for me because if I was gonna follow God, it was gonna be a bed of roses. It's not what he told us. He didn't tell us that everything was gonna be all hunky-dory and all happy-go-lucky all the time. He said, no, you better prepare yourself. And over in James, we see that he tells them. He says, James chapter one, verse two. It says, consider it all what? Joy. We love joy, right? Kids love always talking about joy because normally they're joyful when we give them candy. Yeah. Who wants candy? Nobody? Okay. Hey, there you go. I don't have any candy up here. I'm sorry. I just brought tires. That's all I brought today. But he says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various, what? Various trials. That's not telling you counter all joy when everything's going right. He said, no, counter all joy whenever you go on those rough roads. Because guess what? Here's a, here's a secret. Do you know you were designed to handle them in Christ? Because just like these manufacturers of these vehicles, if they went old school, man, talk about some of the roughest rides you guys have ever done. There would be no ride across the rough roads. It'd be like a buckboard wagon, just bouncing everything everywhere. But you see, the manufacturers designed it to handle these type of roads and these environments. Well, so did God. He said, consider it all joy, brethren, when you are encountering various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect. Everybody say perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of who? God. We're all participating. Good job. I hear you guys. But he says, who gives to all generously and without reproach and it will be given to him. And it says, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. And for the man ought not expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Well, you see, here's a little side note that you might not know about your alignment. 
is if your alignment is not properly in, it can actually cause a drift. It can cause your car to start jerking back and forth. I just had a gentleman come in the other day with a Jeep Wrangler and he said, you gonna go drive that? I said, yeah, I'm gonna go drive. And he said, be careful. I'm like, I don't think I wanna drive this anymore. I really don't. And he said, I almost went in the ditch four times just getting it to you. I said, I don't think I'm gonna drive this. We're gonna put it on the rack and find out what's wrong. Because he said, I can't even keep it on the road because his alignment was off. The tires were so bad that you couldn't even drive it straight. Well, here's the thing. Just like this double-minded man, he's unstable in all of his ways because why? He's not in alignment with the creator. God the Father has this whole design for you and me, but it takes us saying, Lord, I submit to your plan. I submit my ways to your ways. And when we do that, that ensures that we will be in right alignment. Will we face trials? Yes. I'm sorry if you thought that being in God's kingdom was all a bed of roses. I'm sorry to bust your bubble today. But it says that the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it. Everybody say, take it. They take it by force. Because guess what? You were designed for this. The world needs this. They don't need another just feel good message. They need to know that, you know what? Yeah, you're gonna hit some rough roads. You're gonna go through some spots where nobody's been before, but know this, God has, and he's designed you for this. You've been literally designed by the manufacturer to handle it. So then we go on and we ask this question. How do I, as a believer, stay in right alignment? Because yeah, we can get off. We can get bumped back and forth, but it all goes back to our Lordship. And we're gonna look at this. And the first thing that we see and we must do is that we must move past this mindset that a lot of our churches have adopted, which is just becoming a casual reader of God's word. Because I was talking to the youth, just the same conversation I was having the other night. I said, do you guys understand where the term Christian came from? He said, well, the Bible. I said, yeah, but do you understand how it got there? No. I said, well, let me give you a little lesson. I said, it actually came from the unbelievers. I said, because they looked at the people that had followed Christ and they looked at the people that were with him and they said, man, they must be Christians. And I said, and the word Christian literally means to be Christ-like. So what they did, what they said, how they operated, pointed every aspect of them back to Christ. I said, so we have a lot of people out there that say they are Christians, but is their lifestyle pointing people back to Christ? They, oh yeah. Then I said, you probably got a lot of people in your schools that they might say, oh, I'm a Christian, but man, you start looking at some of the fruit and it's not there. It's not showing, right, Kelvin? Right, all right, there we go. But you see, we must get this mindset of being a casual reader out of our vocabulary. This is not another book that we just read just to mark it off our checklist. No, over in Hebrews, it tells us that the word of God is alive and active. It is powerful. And this right here is how we learn who we are. And you see, once we get past that casual reader, we will become a diligent studier. I mean, if I literally told you that you had $14 trillion in an account with your name on it, but you got to go through this book to find it. Who's going to read the book? 
Thank you, Jacob. Great job. You raise your hand. Because guess what? I'm going to stay up as long as it takes to get through that book to find the answer. But here's the problem is we got so much that Christ has already said who we are, how we overcome, how we have victory, and how he's already overcome everything for us. And that light cannot over, or the darkness can never overcome the light. You are the light. He said, you are the light like a city on a hill. But we got so many people that says, that's not me. But guess what? It's all in the book. You have to get in alignment with God by getting in his word. And so the first thing we see is that we must become diligent studiers of God's word. We have to get acquainted with him by his word. Smith Wigglesworth said this before. He said, I can't understand God by feelings. He said, I understand God, the father, by what the word says about him. So in order you to get into alignment, find out that purpose, that destiny, you got to know the father. And that only comes by getting acquainted with this. Another plug. Here we go. You ready? We have a one-year Bible reading plan. It's awesome. Who's on it right now? Raise your hand for me. Woo! Look at those hands. We got them out in the foyer. It is the best way to just get started. Get into it. Because like Pastor Marcus told us, you won't gain a desire until you start. You get into it. That's how you get to know him. And so I encourage you, pick one up today. Start today. Don't worry about the first month. It's hard to catch up. But just start today. Get acquainted with the Father through his word. And so then we go on and it says that it is the word that we find out who he is and all about him, his characteristics, his love, his nature, how he cares for others and how he cares for me. That's what God's word offers us, is he shows us this picture. Just like what I've tried to portray here of a car with misalignment and the new things, God will paint pictures through his word. You just have to get into it. Start reading it. Start figuring out who you are in Christ, not what the devil says about you. Because did you know that the devil tries to tell you that you're out of alignment? He tries to tell you you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You're, I mean, he will tell you everything, but guess what? We can counteract all those thoughts with this right here. No, I am more than enough. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. No, I have been designed with a purpose and a destiny and that it doesn't end today. God knows my tomorrow just like he knew my yesterday. But I stay with him and guess what? He will reveal it to me and we'll get there. But so we want to get acquainted and in order to make these adjustments, we have to remain in Christ. And so I want to go through, and last night I was just wrapping this whole thing up and going through trying to get all my scriptures in line. And the Lord showed me this one. I said, oh man, that's it. I said, I got to do this. So we're going to go to John chapter 15. Now let me, let me preference this and say, I know you've heard this before, but this is where we become teachable. This is where we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us, to show us things in a new way. But John chapter 15, starting in verse number one, we're gonna go all the way through 17. So bear with me. But it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. 
He says, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Everybody say, in me. So then he goes on, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and it withers. Much, it says such branches are picked up and they are thrown into the fire and burned. And if you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my what? Disciples. So then he goes on. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. You are loved. You need to understand that. You are greatly loved. And it says, now remain in my love. And if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. And if you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know the master's business. Or we could even say the master's heart. But then he goes on and he says, that instead, I have called you, my friends, for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. That's huge. Fruit that will last. And he says, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. And so we go back and we look at this whole passage and I was asking the Lord, I was like, man, that's awesome. But one of the things that we're constantly looking at whenever we get these cars and we get them on the alignment machine, we're looking to find out, did it stay in alignment? Did it stay within the specifications by the manufacturer? For us as believers, we have to remain in his word because he said, if you remain in me, he says down here, he says, that if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. But how many times does life throw just wrenches at us? It throws that little curveball that all of a sudden we want to step out into that flesh. We're all humans. Hello? Right? Okay. Guess what? Even us as pastors, we're humans. We still have the same opportunities to get frustrated in traffic when somebody cuts you off. But now I've just learned... I just wave. Just, man, you guys are so dumb. Why did you do that? But hey, God bless you. Bless your heart. But we go on. Because why? We are remaining in him. One of the things I had a situation happen at work not too long ago. And man, it was, it was bad. Really bad. And I called my wife and I was frustrated. I mean, normally I am pretty level-headed, super calm, nice, jolly guy. This day, I mean, I had to walk out of the shop and just go pray in tongues. I said, Holy Spirit, I need your help because this is rough. Lord told me one thing. He said, for the last two years, you've been ministering. If you screw this up right now, everything's wasted. That's heavy. I said, oh, all right. I said, I understand. And I went back in the shop. I put on love and I remained in him. 
I said, Jesus, you're going to have to work. I said, because I got to stay connected to the vine because that fruit that I'm bearing, it will be lasting fruit because I'm going to stay in alignment with you. Because guess what happens? Same thing happened to this tire. When you get out of alignment, it's just like those branches that bear no fruit. When you're out of alignment, it will be destructive. It'll actually cost you. And so when this tire got out of alignment, this is heading to the scrap pile, not to be used again. It can't be used because now it's worthless. But you see, with Christ, even when we feel like we're in this position, 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so he will take us from this state. And in, a, in the semi world, they call it a recap. And they'll take a tire that's completely gone, it's completely bald, and they'll put brand new rubber on top of it. And then they will sell it and it'll be roadworthy just like it was before. And so Christ is in that alignment game. He wants people to be in alignment with his word. He wants them to stay connected to that vine because when we do, he makes sure that the life source stays in us. But you see, it's our opportunity and it's our position that if we get out of alignment, that's on us. But you see, one of the things that I love about our God is that the moment we get out of alignment, he doesn't just say, forget them, I'm out. He's ready. And he is the most faithful and patient, I mean, seriously, to go through so much stuff, but yet literally say, you ready to come back? All right, welcome to the family again. Let's keep going. I mean, whenever we hear about the prodigal son, that father knew where his son was going. He knew he was gonna go spend all of his inheritance. He knew he was going. But what was the father's heart? He said, I just want my son back. When the son comes back, he didn't wait on the porch for him. He said, about time you got back. Here we go. Let's, what do you wanna do? No, it said that he ran to meet him because he realized that his son was coming back into alignment. And so with us, this is what we're called to do. We are called to not only stay in alignment so that way we bear lasting fruit, but also we help others come into alignment with our father. And just like I was telling you earlier about our youth, people should look at you and your life should point them back to Christ. Everything about you. And you know what? Are we gonna get it right all the time? No, man, there's some seasons where I am, I feel like a horrible husband. There's some seasons that I, I make a call or I raise my voice at my child and my kids. And guess what? I realize I missed it. But you see, these are opportunities though that we show the example. We go to them. I apologize. Will you please forgive me for the way I spoke to you? Will you please forgive me? Because I want to be back in alignment. And see, it shows us, and it's us being the example for our children so that way when our children grow up, they realize that, well, this is what we do. We don't hold grudges. We forgive. And we, we operate just like our Heavenly Father does that. You know what? Yeah, you might've messed up, but I'm not gonna keep a record wrong. We're gonna move on. We're gonna chase the goal just like we started. And so the only way that we do this is we stay in Him. I got two more scriptures and then we're done today. Does anybody get anything good out of this? Amen. So 
our walk with God is constantly growing. We're constantly learning new things. And so we cannot allow this I know it all attitude to come in place. Whenever we go, and I read that scripture, I already told you that a lot of you guys have heard that. Who's heard that scripture before? Who's heard it in a new way today? Because I did. Because the Lord showed me that. And I said, man, that's, that's amazing. I said, I've never seen it that way before because that's what the Holy Spirit's for, to be the teacher, to reveal those things that we didn't know before. But you see, over in James chapter one again, we're gonna look at this because with the alignment process that I have at my shop, it uses these special, what they call pods, and they bolt onto the tire. And so I have these big old huge pods, and then I have laser guided measurements. And so I go through this whole procedure and it has all these lasers on it and it's shooting this image back to a computer, going through the computer process and it tells me it's out or it's in. Super fancy. But here's the thing. We have kind of the same thing that gives us a reflection back to God. And so James chapter one, verse number 19 tells us, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. So guess what he's preferencing there? Here's where you need to line up to. If you're off, it's time to get it right. It's time to make those adjustments so that way you can get in alignment with God. And he says here, he says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness, that right alignment that God desires. And he says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. When you get in that right alignment, it will save your life, literally. So then he goes on. He says, do not merely, he said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. But what it says, it says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like somebody who looks at the face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It says, but whoever looks intently like the perfect law that gives freedom continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed. And so when we look at this whole aspect, the word of God is our reference point. When we're going through trials, we're going through life, this is where we go back to and say, how do I stay in alignment? How do I stay in righteousness of God? And so when we go back to this book, it's like that mirror and we start examining things. And so my wife informed me last night, we had a day out in the sun and I can't see the back of my head. Are you guys ready for this? See that little mark right there? Because I didn't have sunscreen on, I was wearing a hat. So all of a sudden I'm like, man, my neck is really fried. And my wife says, well, let me look at it. And she goes, oh, that's bad. I'm like, oh, well, it wasn't hurting until you just said it was bad. I was like, now I can feel it. And she's like, you have a hat mark. I said, a what? She goes, it is a section where it's really red where your hat wasn't covering. I'm like, oh, I probably should have wore a fitted hat or a really brimmed hat, but... That's besides the point. But guess what? I couldn't look in the mirror. So here's a little section. We're wrapping it up with this verse. Let's read it first and we'll go back. 
Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. Let me say this. Sometimes you need help to get back in alignment. You can't do it on your own. If a car could do its own alignments, I'd be out of a job, which, hey, that'd be pretty awesome. But it needs help. It needs somebody else to look and find out what adjustments need to be made. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And here's what it's for. To equip his people for the work of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Then he goes on to say, and until we have all reached, and it says, until we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. See, this whole walk with Christ, some translations say a perfect man. Really, it's just endurance. It's longevity. It's maturity. I'm not going to go over to Isaac, who's two years old, and hand him my car keys and say, have fun. Because that little dude will start the car. He will do that. He will honk the horn. And I'm pretty positive with his help from his sister, they could probably put it in gear. Which, guess what would happen? Damage. But you see, maturity is what we're all attaining to. Paul even talked about how he ran his race. He said, man, I poured out my life like a drink offering. I've done it. I've finished my course. We want to get to that point where we say, God, We've served with you for over 40 years. Lord, we've walked with you. We've seen your hand move on our behalf. But guess what it takes? One step. Getting back into the alignment that God put. You're not gonna get into alignment, just boom, there and you stay there. It's no, the next day, waking up saying, God, today I choose you. Today I'm gonna put you first. Today, I'm going to cast aside these other things. But then we read on and it says that the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves or blown here or there by every wind of teaching, but by cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful schemings. We're not going to be affected by that. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. When you live a life in alignment, all we're doing is we are getting ourselves in a position that points other people back to him. We say, Lord, we want to be your body. We want to represent you in every way possible. So what does that take from me? Then it goes on and says that from him, the whole body joined, held together, by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. When I'm working on these cars, there's multiple aspects of this vehicle. If you go take a car apart, there's a lot of parts, correct? Everybody understand? You, can, you might be able to title it of a suspension system. Little word. But there's a lot of small individual pieces that go into that that each part has to play its role. If all of a sudden we have a car that comes in and one part's loose, we can't, we can't help them yet. We got to get that part back into its original manufacturer's position. It's got to be in good working order. Well, we as pastors are part of the body. We've been placed here. But God knew 
they're going to need help. And he said, I'm going to make a body. And that's where we all come together. Because like I said before, your alignment's crucial. You got to get yourself in alignment, but then it starts affecting other people. We start pointing other people back to Christ. When they went into towns and all of a sudden they started recognizing them, labeling them Christians, it's because they looked like Christ. They even had some disciples that it says, man, they realized they were uneducated men. But it says that they knew they had been with Jesus because of the way they spoke. And so for us to live a life in alignment is gonna be the most fulfilling, rewarding, purposeful life you could ever have. And it literally just starts by the little tweaks. And we're wrapping it up here. But it's when that Holy Spirit starts talking to you and says, maybe you shouldn't watch that show anymore. Guess what you do? Turn it off. That's a little tweak. Maybe you shouldn't speak those words to those people anymore. All right, you tweak it. You just turn it off. Or maybe you should not hang around those people because instead of you influencing them, they're influencing your decisions. Some of these, I will tell you this, some adjustments are more major than others. I get some cars in there that, I mean, it's, it takes work. And I'll tell my boss, I know I can normally do this in about 20 minutes, but this one's going to take me two hours. And whenever he hears that, he goes, oh, get started. I'm like, okay. And sometimes it takes a lot of rebuilding. But the end goal is so worth it. It is so worth knowing that, especially for me, that what I just did, what I helped fix, will have long-lasting fruit. And so with you, it's not really about cars. I hope you understand that. <laughs> it's about your life. It's about making those little adjustments, those little tweaks that Pastor Mark was ministering on discipleship. And we've been covering this whole coming into the kingdom and the Holy Spirit. It's those little adjustments that will cause big impact. Yeah, today it might not seem like something significant. But guess what? We started a diet in January and we had to go 28 days. That was our goal. Day four, it felt like we ain't doing nothing. I mean, has, it, has this even helped any? Then all of a sudden we get to day 15. It's like, man, we, we're on this. This is great. Then all of a sudden we get almost to day 20 and it realized, oh, I can see a difference. Because those little tweaks aren't going to show up at first. But guess what happens? You keep tweaking them. You keep adjusting them. You keep doing it. It's the faithfulness in just doing what you know and just learning who God is that you'll see long-lasting results. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.